This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Is up, everybody? It's the Junkyard Dogcast. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24/7. With me, Rusty Mansell of Dogs 24/7. Kip is uh, exploring the wild frontier out in Alaska on vacation, so it's just us two, and we got a lot to talk about. Rusty, uh, the last 18 hours. If you're a Georgia fan, obviously this is all stuff that you know UGA. You know, this is not something that like you start thinking about the program, and they weren't surprised by really any of this stuff, um, but fans were. And it's been a whirlwind. Uh, you know, Scott Cochran has stepped away from the program for the time being. Uh, George released a statement on that. Will Muschamp is going to step into an on-field role. And Rusty, I think he goes without saying first. Um, thoughts, prayers, whatever you do to be empathetic and to display empathy and to, and to kind of have that uh, for someone, that's the number one thing here with Scott Cochran, because when you read that statement and they're talking about health issues and, and some time to focus on his mental health, yep. I think that's that's paramount. And obviously my thoughts and prayers go out to Scott Cochran right now, and I'm sure yours do too. Yep, definitely. You look at that, uh, Coach Cochran, and, and the message that uh, Georgia and Kirby Smart put out, you obviously know Kirby Smart, Scott Cochran, Kirby Smart's wife, Scott Cochran's wife, their kids. That's a uh, you know, that's been written several times how close those guys are. But, um, yeah, you know, they're human. I think sometimes we look at these people and, and uh, you know, we don't really see that side or think about that side of them. But, you know, they're human as well and, and nobody's perfect. And uh, certainly that, you know, we, we um, hope that Coach Cochran gets himself well and whatever he's dealing with. But, you know, the first thing I, I kind of checked on with some people was, you know, is he – what's kind of going on and 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 the thing that i think the the next message is hey this is this is not something that's likely going to keep him from coaching college football and coaching at georgia again so you know he's definitely taking a priority for himself and i think georgia that message last night is clear in the way they support him uh but this is something that uh you know he's going to deal with head on and and, and I think that, uh, you know, there was a lot of assumptions made really, really quick. I was getting people text messages from people, Jake, I'm sure too, you know, like, Hey, I heard he got fired. He's not coming back and all that. And no, that's not correct. So, uh, you know, let's just let this thing play out. Let this man um, and his family have some time and uh, in their privacy and they've earned that. And that's the way of the world. So, uh, you know, from our end, dogs two, four, seven, from our board, Jake, himself, Kip, um, you know, everybody's in Coach Cochran's corner and, and wishing him the best and uh, quick, a quick and safe return. Yeah, and you you nailed it right there. He's human. You know, we're, we we all are, and and mental health is a big issue just in the world right now. It probably should have been a bigger issue for a longer time than it has been, but we there's a lot more awareness now as to what's going on, and you know, whatever he's dealing with. 
Um, you know, I, I just, I just hope, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, you talk about a major injury, right? You see somebody like, you know, like Nick Chubb's injury or something. And your first thought of that is if you knew Nick and you got to know Nick, you felt really bad for him. And, and, you know, it kind of broke your heart a little bit that anybody would have to experience that kind of pain. But then you, your next thought is, it's not necessarily will he get back to, you know, playing field, but, but, you know, will he, will he be able to move around like he wants to again? You know I mean? Well, you know, like, like Alex Smith, you know, when that happened to him, I'm like, listen, I just hope this dude's able to play with his kids. You know, I just hope he's able to, to get around and, and live life like he wants to live it. And that's the kind of how I feel about Scott Cochran. You know I mean? Listen, if he comes back and coaches at Georgia and, and, you know, that door is still very much not closed. Um, you know, I, you know, great. That's awesome. I hope he gets back and does exactly what he wants to with his life and he's really successful at it. But more than that, you know, I just hope he's able to be the family man that he wants to be. And and he's been really successful. He's uh, he's done a lot of really good things with his life and he's affected a lot of other kids. You know, when, when Georgia hired him, you saw all of those, you know, former Alabama players that were kind of like, yeah, you know, Coach Cochran was the reason for this and the reason for that. And, you know, he touched a lot of people. He has touched a lot of people in, in his career, uh, whether it's through helping them get better developmentally, uh, mentally, building friendships. I mean, obviously, he's a guy that's connected and has had a lot of success and, and all that stuff. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, we're all human and, and, and there's stuff, there's things that we go through. And, and, you know, Rusty, you've probably been through stuff. I've been through stuff. Um, you know, it just, it happens. And um, my, my number one thing right now is, is listen, I just, I just hope Scott Cochran can be whole, can be the guy he wants to be, can be the guy his wife wants him to be and his family wants him to be and, and, uh, and, and, and all of that. And, and so I just hope he's successful in, and, you know, whatever he's going to do um, in his time away from Georgia. And to me, that's number one, because again, we're all here together. We're all in this together, whether we want to be or act like we are or not. And, and, you know, that's, that's just kind of the way it is. And, and, uh, you know, we also learn, Rusty, that Will Muschamp's going to step into an on-field role at Georgia. What are you hearing about that? Because it doesn't sound like this is kind of a trade here. This doesn't sound like a, a special teams coach leaves. A, a One guy's going to step in and be the special teams coach. Yeah, you know, you look at this, and, I don't, you know, we haven't had time to really dig into it. And I was kind of thinking about it last night, but what a value – when you go through something like this and, you know, Kirby smart, um, you know, when you go through something like this, because these things are not planned, you never know what's going to be thrown in your lap. And, you know, all of a sudden you got a coach that needs some time, needs some time away from football. Uh, well, it's football season. So you have to, you know, make up for that absence and what a value Kirby smart and Georgia keeping will Muschamp uh, after Texas makes a big offer for him to go to be the DC at Texas and whatever went into that, whatever, you know, money they gave him additional money to keep him around. That's not been talked about or written about yet, but that, that could have been a very big, big deal because you get a guy, not only who's got head coaching experience. Now he can be on the field. He can be involved a hundred percent in anything, in any capacity, as an on-the-field coach, and you got guys like Todd Hartley, Glenn Schumann, Dan Lanning, every one of those guys at one time or another has been involved with special teams. So I think this is going to be a by-committee thing, and that's not that's that's not groundbreaking. That's been done before. 
I think, you know, before they added his 10th assistant a couple of years ago, everybody kind of had some committee stuff with, with special teams. So I think that what you're going to see is a, a by committee thing, but you know, what a value, man, that Georgia had someone like Will Muschamp, they could immediately put onto the field into a role uh, with that amount of experience. That's a massive deal for Kirby Smart and his staff. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And and listen, this is not just a, you know, when you start talking about coordinating special teams, Rusty, this is not a, a situation where you've just got a special teams coordinator and he works by himself. You want to talk about value and, and bringing somebody in? What about Robbie Disher? Okay, Georgia brings in Robbie Disher as a quality control special teams guy this past year. This is a guy who I believe pro football focus a few years ago had named him the special teams coordinator of the year. Okay. Georgia got him as an all field guy and uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure all the different places he's been, but I do remember when he was hired at Georgia, how big of a deal that was. And so you've got a guy with coordinating experience. And when you start talking about coordinating special teams, listen, there's not, there's not a single coach, you know, your offensive coordinator, your defense coordinator. Yeah. They're responsible for 11 players at the time but you've also got a D-line coach, an inside linebackers coach, an outside linebackers coach, and a secondary coach. It's the same thing for special teams, okay? When, when, when they're doing kickoff team or when they're working on punt return, Scott Cochran or whoever Georgia's special teams coordinator is going to be or, or, or has been in the past, that guy's not out there coordinating 11 players all at one time, coaching them all individually. There are other coaches involved, and it stays that way. It stays that way whether you're doing it by committee or whether you have a – special teams coach on his own now if you've got a guy that's dedicated directly to special teams maybe he's over there supervising the kickers and the punters you know completely and making sure that those guys are getting their work in and and, and all of that but it's always going to be a by committee thing because it's a by committee thing no matter how you look at it offense by committee defense by committee special teams is the same way and then you've got a guy, like I said, Robbie Disher, who can put those practice scripts together. He can he can watch, you know, he's already doing the stuff where you're watching film and trying to find out, hey, what punt return scheme do you want to run this week? Let's put in five different blocks that we that we could go depending on how how they line up. You know, how do we want to block for our own punt punt team and and you know handle the way they rush it or the way they return it. All of that stuff gets gets factored in weekly, and Robbie Disher is a guy who can step in and do that as well. And, and, and again, Will Muschamp's been a head coach. I'm sure he's going to pitch in. Glenn Schumann, Todd Hartley has actually been a special teams coordinator as well. So Georgia seems to be in a really good spot here in terms of absorbing that. And, you know, I also look at the ripple effect defensively, Rusty, because you, you, you mentioned it on field. Will Muschamp was going to be limited as Georgia's senior defensive analyst in what he could do on the field in practice. Uh, you know, it's not not a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching stuff, a lot of off-field stuff that he can do, watch film with, breakdown, stuff like that. But now he can almost – I don't want to call it a defensive head coach, but he can almost be like a roving type deal where he can spend some time with the D-line, the linebackers, the secondary, maybe help out Jamal Adai a little bit because, you know, the secondary coach has got up to six guys on the field at one time to coordinate – and to deal with, and Will Muschamp can kind of rove around and, and do those things in addition to maybe pitching in on special teams as well. So 100% right, and Kirby Smart has already talked about how the, the addition of Will Muschamp to the staff, I mean, that was paying off at sign in, in, at around National Signing Day back in February, according to Kirby. Brought it, brought it up months later, um, you know, and, and, and then so on. And, and I guess also, man, if you want to look at it from this point of view, 
Um, Rusty, I think you might have caught a little bit of flack back in the day when Jackson Muschamp committed to Georgia yep. and he was a walk on and and you kind of you 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 thought it was some, you know, you had it as pretty big news. Uh, it's turned out to be pretty big news thus far because I think one of the reasons Will Muschamp said Georgia's, you know, having the family together. Yeah, I mean, that was a that was a big deal. I mean, you look at the big big picture of things and yeah, you know, he just had moved to Athens, just had bought a house. Uh, his son was finishing up with Muschamp, the 2024 quarterback, was finishing up at Hammond School in Columbia. And, you know, they had kind of fully committed to Athens and coming back to Georgia. And all of a sudden, Texas, Steve Sarkeesian gets that job. He makes a call to and makes a big offer to Will Muschamp, from my understanding. And, you know, uh, that was, you know, I, I think that Georgia – I don't know his salary. I don't know if you can get that on records or whatever, Jake, if you already it, have it that. Is Will Muschamp's salary is $300,000. That is – as, as the senior defensive analyst. That's about twice higher than what you get paid anybody else in the country for that position. Yeah, no doubt about it. That's assistant coach salary. That's on-field coach salary so for a lot of places. That's Will Muschamp walking in and saying, Kirby, I'm turning down 1.5. Um, you know, 150 is not going to do it. You know, I'm going to have to have something – uh, a little more, and they probably went to 300 for him on that deal. Then, uh, it's just my opinion. So, you know, it's a it, it's just invaluable right now. Uh, again, to have Will Muschamp be able to be so more, so much more involved, uh, exactly like you're talking, and specifically on game day, where he can be back involved on the sideline with a chalkboard, doing those types of things. So. Uh, you know, he becomes he becomes a you know a valuable person, not taking anything away from Scott Cochran because Scott Cochran was fully uh, you know, all in on the special teams deal. But with with Will Muschamp, you get some of the special teams, but you also get some of the what he sees defensively and what uh, additional opinion and expertise he can give on the sidelines uh, uh, during the game. And I'm sure that Dan Lanning and Glenn Schumann and all those guys, uh, welcome that. Hey, what are you seeing? This is what we're seeing. Let's all get together and, and try to come up with the best game plan. And uh, Rusty, this is not all. It's not the only thing Georgia fans got a chance to to, to learn, I guess, here in the last 18 hours. Uh, Warren Erickson, uh, Georgia's projected starting center. The guy who started the last two games last year was the starting center at G-Day. Suffers a hand injury. He's going to miss at least a couple weeks. It's to his snapping hand. And he's going to miss some time at center. And, uh, Rusty, we're going to get into that on the other side of the break and talk about kind of what this injury means for Georgia, who could step up, and, and things like that. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, 
Rusty, we we both we work together. We do this all the time. Uh, work together this morning to confirm the nature of of Warren Erickson's injury, and and you know how much time he may miss. How you know put it on scale from one to ten. Where do you put this right now? It, it, just when you consider all of it, the, the 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 severity of the injury, how much time he may miss, and and kind of work, the position George is in on that uh, offensive line. How big of a deal of this is this when you you know if you put ten is a really big deal? Uh, it's according you know if he misses three to four weeks, you know this is probably a three or four uh, in my opinion because you got you got another really good player Cedric Van Pran. But what you like about Warren Erickson is he's an experienced player, knows all the calls. Um, you know that's that's a guy that you know right now is Pennsylvania's a starter. So. You, you would like to have him for the Clemson game, but if you miss the Clemson game, you know, you got Cedric Van Pran, some other young guys going to have to step in, provide a little depth. So I don't think it's quite panic mode. Now, if he were to, for example, it had been worse and he'd have missed, you know, seven to 10 weeks, then you ramp that thing up to six or seven because it's a valuable uh, position that people don't put a lot of stock into. But uh, Jake's old football guy like yourself, you know, uh, to getting those correct calls, those blitz calls, getting everything. Get, I mean, just getting the mic called out for everybody and uh, getting protection set is something that the center is obviously the quarterback of the line of scrimmage. So right now, I don't think it's from what me and you both hear, I don't think it's time to really panic. It's worth noting that was a, it's, that's a starter that's going to be down a couple of weeks, at least a couple of weeks, maybe a little bit longer. But uh, I think that's a scale of three to four right now on 10. And if he comes back healthy, it looks like you would get him for, you know, you, hopefully you would say 90, 95% of the season. Definitely penciled in as a starter, a guy that I've projected as a starter, you know, when we do our depth chart projections. But also the you get the feeling at that position that it was going to be a battle. You know, he was going to have to have a really good camp to to maintain that. And, and you know, Eric, Warren Erickson at this point in his career, he's a guy that, that if you're Matt Luke or you're Kirby Smart – you expect a fourth-year junior to have a consistent, solid, focused preseason camp. And, you know, so that was almost a given. And not only that, but he's such a high-floor player. I, You know, I don't know a whole lot about his ceiling. You know, I, I know he's, you know, he, he's an interior guy all the way. Um, I know he's got a start at right guard. He's rotated some at guard, and, and he's got, a you know, a couple starts at center. Um, but but you, I never got the impression that yeah, this is his job come hell or high water. I, I never really got that impression. Um, you know, not not in a sense that's like Jamari Sawyer's absolutely going to start for Georgia. Just don't know if it's at left tackle or left guard, um, or 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 even um, you know Warren McClendon, who you know you know almost without a shadow of a doubt that he's going to be Georgia's starting right tackle if he's healthy. Um, I felt like Van Pran might have a chance at that center job, uh, but but I also thought that Warren Erickson, if you're playing the odds here, had a very very good chance of winning that job. One thing here, though, Rusty, and and this this might be a little bit inside baseball or whatever, might be getting a little deeper than most people want to get, but I think it's so important to look at it like this. This is not a this not a high ankle sprain. It's not a broken foot. It's not a knee scope. Warren Erickson's not going to be on his can for two or three weeks. Okay. This is a hand thing. To me, that's massive because what that turns into is, let's say he does miss three and a half weeks and he gets cleared to come back and start snapping again the week of the Clemson game. Well, good news. Warren Erickson's not going to be out of shape. He's still going to practice. As that hand gets better, he's going to practice more. 
I don't even shoot. I don't know, Rusty. They they may be in full pads today, and Warren Erickson may be getting a lot of reps at guard. And if all that's the case, he's in there. He's doing the hand to hand combat. He's doing the team runs. Maybe he's not he's not able to lift, do the upper body lifts, but he's able to keep those legs in shape, to keep his weight in check, to do all of those different things, so that. If he does get back Clemson week, maybe they feel more comfortable with Cedric Van Prince as he's the guy that's been working there, or even Austin Blasky, who, listen, I I can't say this enough. You know, it's never like, hey, watch Austin Blasky. He's going to be the guy. But everybody you talk to when you talk to offensive line, I talked to a few people about this, they're kind of like, just, just keep this kid on your mind. Okay, because there's a there's a lot of good feelings about kind of what he can do. They think he can play all five positions. And I know he started working at center last year. He's a really good athlete. He's got tackle like ability, but he's also got the size and the and the and the demeanor to play the other positions. So he might also be a factor in there as well. Although I think Van Prandt is probably has the a significant leg up on the on the starter position for now. But let's say Cedric Van Pran gets to start against Clemson and 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 you know things don't go that well. Maybe he's a little overwhelmed. Well, Warren Erickson, you're not going to toss him out there and he's out there huffing and puffing because he's been inactive for, you know, lost a couple, two or three weeks of conditioning. It's just a hand. And he was, like I said, he was able to keep his legs in shape, able to keep his body right. And if Georgia does have him available, whether he starts or not against Clemson, to me, that's pretty valuable, Rusty. Yep, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, there's the, the, when we go back and look at the whole picture of this, you know, you talked about you expected this to be a preseason battle. Um, I think the entire offensive line is going to be a preseason battle, and that hasn't been the case in the past. We can go back and look and say, hey, this guy's probably going to – this guy's probably going to lock in this spot. And, and I agree, Jamari Sawyer is the guy that he's going to play. Uh, just what position they they fit – they feel like, um, you know, is the best need for Georgia going in the Clemson game, going into the season, the rest of the season, those type of things. So I think that 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 every position going into this fall, including Justin Schaefer at guard, uh, sounds like he's in a battle with, with, with um, you know, Tate Ratledge. So uh, the right tackle, you look at probably Warren McClendon, Marius Mim, the left tackle, you know, Xavier Trust, maybe Jamari, maybe Broderick Jones. There's there's a lot of big battles going on, and now, uh, you know, you've got one down uh, as fall camp starts. You don't want this to be a pattern. Uh, you want to survive this and move on, but that's a very, very talented room, but I agree with you. There's a lot of preseason camp battles going on for those five, seven guys, eight guys that uh, that will get the meaningful minutes. No doubt, and, and you know, something we've reported over at Dogs 24-7 too, Jared Wilson, three-star guard signed with Georgia in 2021. Uh, actually committed to Sam Pittman, decommitted, committed to North Carolina, then flipped from North Carolina back to Georgia with Matt Luke as the offensive coordinator. I've heard a lot of good stuff about him too, Rusty. I, I think that that's a guy, maybe not quite this year, although you, you never say never, uh, but but at some point down the line, I think Georgia may have found another three-star diamond in the rough to, to possibly join A.D. Mitchell in that 2021 class because I've, I've heard a lot of good things about Jared Wilson thus far and kind of what he can do. You got Dylan Fairchild. I mean, Georgia just brought in a heck of an offensive line class. And, you know, we're not even talking about a guy like Micah Morris, who, who, who should be cleared to go uh, for, for pre who is cleared to go for preseason practice after missing spring um, with labrum surgery. Rusty, do you have kind of a general overall note on, on how you think spring practice is going thus far? Have you heard anything to maybe say, yeah, I think they're off to a strong start or anything like that before we close the show? 
Uh, as, as preseason camp, you mean? Uh, I yeah, think. What, what did I say? Did I say spring camp? You got that spring practice. Yeah, I th- I, man. I'm Everybody's trying to get better. Everybody's trying to be better, man. Uh, not really. And here, here's the thing. You know, if me and you are reporting on it right now, you know, three days into it, it's probably something that you don't want to hear. And you didn't want to hear Warren Erickson, you know, gotten hurt. This didn't we confirm that. So right now to me, you know, it's such a early part of install. Um, you know, you want to look at, um, you know, what's going on as they move forward. I think we all and every Georgia fan on our board and people that pay attention to this day to day understand the importance of these scrimmages. They have their first one on Saturday. So to me, that's the gauge. You start saying who can put things together because you get through that scrimmage on Saturday. Then you really have one more scrimmage. And then that last scrimmage is usually the younger kids uh, trying to, they trying to get them some reps, see where they are as fall practice begins. So there's always two important dates to me. And that's that first scrimmage, and then there's that second scrimmage. And that is where, uh, you know, we start putting some stock into what you hear. But right now, as far from us, you know, uh, you'll be getting some daily practice reports and those types of things, and you'll touch on who you're hearing. I'll touch on what I'm hearing and some ramblings. But uh, you really want to pay attention Saturday after that scrimmage, uh, you know, There'll be some big. There'll be some big donors in there. They, you know, word word to get around what they saw, who they saw, who stood out, who didn't. So, um, you know, I, I think by this Saturday night and, and going into Sunday, we'll have kind of an idea of where Georgia is uh, after about a week and a half of fall camp. I I couldn't agree more. I think you know everybody wants notes from the first practice, and I get it. They do, but to me, these Let's see, Georgia's going to practice approximately like seven times before their first scrimmage. I really feel like that week, Rusty, between that first Saturday scrimmage to that second Saturday scrimmage, when you if you lump both scrimmages in there, because they'll have Sunday after that first scrimmage off, then they'll practice five days scrimmage again, and then have that next Sunday off. If you if you take those two scrimmages and that is the that is the heart, that is the meat of pre of preseason camp. And, and to me, that, those are the times when you really start to kind of ramp up and really pay attention to what you're hearing because I, I can't do it, man. I, I can't put a ton of stock into helmets-only practices. I just can't do it. And then you start thinking about the, the makeup of a team and, you know, those first couple, two or three, you know, padded practice, you know, you're probably not getting the most out of the guys at that point. It's first contact they've had since April. Uh, they're sore, they're beat up, and you're, and you're trying to get them going. But once they get completely acclimated to that, that second full week of preseason camp is that's the, that's the meat. That's, that's the filet mignon. Of, uh, of of preseason camp. And, and I'm really excited to get there, really excited for that first scrimmage. That'll be on Saturday. Like Rusty said, they'll scrimmage again on the 21st. And then that last preseason scrimmage, really, like Rusty said, it'll be more of kind of a young guy practice and maybe even a dress rehearsal type thing for game day procedures and headsets and all that stuff. They'll test out a lot of different things and make sure they're ready to begin game week and start really preparing for Clemson. Rusty, you got anything you want to throw in before we let go? Anything on recruiting, anything to expect? No, it was good to be back. Saw Buford play Cedar Grove on Friday night. Man, what incredible weather. I, uh, I, you know, everybody, every ounce of media was there. Chad Simmons and Jake Roosh and Jeff Sintel and, you know, everybody that's in the Georgia market that covers recruiting. We were all sitting around going, 
we're going to pay for this in September. Cause I'm telling you right now, man, it was like 80 degrees, 78 degrees. It felt great. And, uh, I just thought that, um, it was a great night. A lot of talent on the field, uh, Jake Pope, Georgia target, Christian Miller, Georgia target, CJ Madden, Jordan target, uh, Georgia target, uh, Kay and Lee kid. I love 2023, 2023 defensive back at Cedar Grove. So, you know, made some notes this weekend on the junkyard. If you you know if you want to come over and check those out, those are up. And it's a great time to join, man. This is this is football season. So when you join Dogs Two Four Seven now, uh, you know you get preseason camp, you get all the stuff, uh, you'll get every breakdown we've got, and recruiting picks back up here in a couple of weeks. So uh, you know, I think it's time if you want if you're on the you listen to this and you're kind of you know, on the, on the fence about joining, I tell everybody, just skip, just skip Bojangles once. I know it's hard, but just skip Bojangles once a month and uh, you're good to go for 30 days on, on Dogs 247. Skip Bojangles, skip Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever you do, just once. That's all it takes. Just, uh, just, just that once. Just give it up one day a month and, and come see us because we want to talk to you about Georgia football. You can ask us questions. We got VIP stuff. We got free stuff. We got uh, analysis, anything you can ask for. And uh, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited. Football is here. I, I was excited to see you guys posting updates from that game the other night. And, uh, um, you know, we're, we're, we're fired up about football season, just like you are. We'll be back with you later on. Uh, maybe this week or at least at the very least within a week uh, here on the Junkyard Dogcast. But for this one, that's all we've got. I'm Jake Rowe with Dogs 24-7. He's Rusty Mansell from the same place, and you all take it easy. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.